2: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL,
3: America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily.
1: Third down and 10. That the block on Clark to the end zone. That's Grab Allen. Touchdown. What a catch. And he worked on the defensive back, Kendall Fuller. 12-yard touchdown throw, and the Chargers have taken a lead.
2: So much is happening right now. It's supposed to be the NFL offseason, and you think it's going to be boring, but that is the trick of the NFL is that it's never boring. There's always something happening, and there's a lot going on in my life right now with football. Uh, Matthew Collar, Sage Rosenfels. Sage, here's what we've got. We've got Phillip Rivers not returning to the Chargers, ESPN created this prediction machine where dominoes fall if X happens, then Y happens. That includes a scenario of Bridgewater coming back to the Vikings, which we have to talk about because that's extremely reckless speculation. We've also got Dom Capers, now works for the Vikings, which just came out. And I don't know which one of these things to start with. So how about (laughs) you decide which one of these three things that are going on at this very moment that we should start with?
4: Well, let's start off what we know, which is that Philip Rivers is not going to be a Los Angeles Charger any longer. And, and it sounds like he wants to play more football last year. This is not like Eli with the New York Giants. So I imagine there'll be a team looking for... Uh, an upgrade at that position, even if it's just for one, possibly two seasons, that says, Hey, we'd like to have that veteran. Maybe it's a, a situation where they know they're starting over at quarterback, but they're, they're going to draft somebody, but they want a veteran like Rivers to sort of lead the young guy. Um, but that's what we do know is that Philip Rivers will not be a charger next year. He will be, seems like somewhere else, not retiring, and that might start this sort of domino thing. That, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe the Vikings are involved in, but I, you know, speculation is what it is, but I I sort of feel like the Vikings will not be involved in whatever this quarterback carousel uh, that's going to occur this season.
2: I totally agree, and later on the show today, Derek Klassen, who studies quarterbacks for Football Outsiders, is going to come on and talk about Jalen Hurts, um, because the more likely scenario for the Vikings, in terms of adding a quarterback if they do, would be... Uh, Somebody in the second or third round to develop and see what they have and then make a decision or that they just sign Cousins to a contract extension. But the Philip Rivers thing leads me to the prediction machine from ESPN because they've got three teams that Rivers could possibly go to the Bucks, the Colts and the Carolina Panthers. And if you click on Colts and scroll down, what you see is a scenario in which the Vikings could trade Kirk Cousins to Los Angeles and then sign Teddy Bridgewater back. Now, let me try to make this that work. Just,
4: with the, I, I, you know, To imagine that Tay's going to be back with the Vikings, uh, I, I think probably excites a lot of people. But I'm just trying to wrap my head around, like, is somebody else going to go trade, give up capital, like draft capital, right. or players for Kirk Cousins, and then also take on that salary. Like That's the part of the equation that I don't know how that one adds up.
2: I, I totally agree. And I put this under the 0.05% category, but I would have also put Brett Favre coming to the Vikings as 0.05%. So the fact that Brett Favre came here makes everything on the table you to
4: I don't see that. I, I actually saw the I mean, of course I was a part of it, but you know when there was first rumors, you know Brett Favre is trying to get out of this Jets deal and you know where could he end up or whatever and you know of course the Vikings was immediately thrown out there. Yeah. Obviously the relationship with Daryl Bevel, who had been as quarterback's coach in Green Bay, he knew the offense, he could sort of step in. It was a team that was uh had Super Bowl talent and guys like Favre At the end of her careers, they're not just going to go play for some crappy team, and so uh, to me, it wasn't .5 with Brett like that. Once it happened, it made so much sense that you know that's what you know trading Kirk Cousins and somebody offered. I don't know how that that it would all pan out.
2: So I think from what I'm referring to is just the big picture of a guy who was a legendary quarterback for the Green Bay Packers someday ending up with the Vikings to end his career and taking him to the NFC championship is just so improbable to anybody who would have grown up watching Brett Favre that it opens the door to, with this organization, anything can happen. Randall Cunningham coming out of retirement. He was running a, what, like a sheetrock company or something. And then he comes out of retirement during the NFC championship with one of the great offenses ever. It just unpredictable stuff happens with this team all the time. So the door is open to your point. Unlikely, is an understatement for Kirk Cousins getting traded and Teddy Bridgewater coming back here. But I'll just explain the one scenario in which it could happen would be if Kirk and his representation got with the Vikings and they said, "Okay, here's what we're thinking. What are you thinking? And the Vikings said, "Ah, we're thinking that you should take a lot less than what you guys are asking for. And then Kirk says, no, I'm going to hit the free agent market again. So, okay, you know that Kirk is only in through 2020. Do you want the lame duck quarterback? Or could you move him to a team that's desperate for a big splash now that Rivers isn't going to play in Los Angeles? New stadium. They have zero buzz in Los Angeles about that Chargers team. Like, absolutely 0.0 people are interested there in Los Angeles. Try to create some sort of buzz and then if the Vikings, run by you know largely Mike Zimmer, who loves Teddy Bridgewater, thought, you know, we need a more dynamic quarterback to win, this is our only chance to bring Teddy back now that we know that his knee actually works. That's the only way I can make this scenario work, Sage. But aside from that, it goes under the supremely unlikely scenario.
4: Supremely, and, and the only way Teddy Bridgewater comes back is if Kirk Cousins is not back, and I just see Kirk right. Cousins is back. Whether he has an extension or not, <clears throat> Excuse me, I don't know, uh, but uh, I see him back as uh, on basically a one-year fully guaranteed contract, and and I also see the Vikings going. You know, we think we have to upgrade. Like this is you know long-term for the next you know uh, ten years or whatever it might be. We got to find that quarterback of the future, and I don't I don't know if they believe Kirk is that guy or not, but uh, it doesn't seem to me that uh you know he brings a whole like another level of football that we're seeing out of these you know uh, other you know quarterbacks that right. were in the playoffs this season and you know the vikings are a good football team but they don't have as much talent as like san francisco so they can't really get by with having just sort of that you know average uh, uh style of quarterback i guess in, in a lot of ways so um you know we'll we'll see what happens i don't i just don't know how they move on from kirk this year i don't know who Uh, You know, it's weird to say, but it sounds like uh, Kyle Shanahan just loves and and that staff loves Kirk Cousins. Like, they really think uh, really, really high of him. I mean, if they would trade Jimmy Garoppolo for Kirk Cousins, I think I'd have some interest in that. Uh, I I like the way Garoppolo plays football. He has some clutch in him. He's got a super quick release. Uh, He does a lot of really good things. And so, you know, who knows what's going to happen. But I imagine Kirk Cousins will be back this year, and I'm thinking that the Vikings will – Try to also look forward to the future, and and maybe it's draft a quarterback. I, I they have to fall in love with somebody uh, that's not going to be a you know probably a top five pick. Uh, I a lot of people have Tua going to the Dolphins at number five, uh, and and obviously you know there's Justin Herbert, which might be around a little bit. Uh, a little bit later in the first round, but um, I I don't see the Vikings using a first-rounder on a quarterback. If they love somebody in the second or third, I can see them taking that risk.
2: So is it reasonable at all? This would be my question pertaining to this group of scenarios authored by Bill Barnwell of ESPN. Is it reasonable to even discuss the idea of Cousins being traded? And uh, I'll give you the reason I think it would be is that you look at what the Boston Red Sox just did with Mookie Betts and, and trading him away. Of course, Boston is burning to the ground over this because he's a great player. But the Red Sox are saying, yeah, we could keep you for one more year and let you just hit the free agent market and make $400 million for somebody else. Or we could get something back and then replace you with whatever else we can get our hands on. They do this in hockey all the time, too, where when somebody is going into the final year of their contract, they're probably getting traded if you don't sign them to an extension right away. It's it's not often, unless it's a winning team, th- that they run somebody right to the end of their contract, unless you can win a Stanley Cup at that moment. If the Vikings looked at it as, we think we're going to make a different move here, we're going to draft somebody, or we're going to get another quarterback, or we like some of the options... Then from that perspective it would make sense to not run it all the way to the very end and have him be the lame duck quarterback to look for trades. But that's the only way I can sort of finagle it. I I think Do you that, see
4: this as like a it's like a game of risk, right? Like if, if you don't take a risk in this scenario for this franchise to upgrade to find you know one of these guys that's like the guy, even if it's you sort of get lucky with a late first rounder or a second rounder that ends up being a a great player mm-hmm. uh, because they sort of know what they have. Do they take that risk, which could be a disaster? You know, could get people fired, uh, but also you know without taking any risks, risks you never have a reward. And uh, the question is, you know, how far do they think? Uh, uh, Kirk Cousins can bring them, and if it's not a Super Bowl, there's no point. I don't want a quarterback that's oh he's a, he's good at getting the team just around the playoff hunt, right? Like that's I, yes. I, not going to get it done. Who you know who at nine and seven, ten and six, eight and eight, like that's okay, but like you know I'm trying to win a Super Bowl here, and you have to take some risks. And you know uh, you know back in the day, and 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 uh, the Chargers. Since we're talking about it, they did this. You know they liked Drew Brees, but they didn't love him. And they had a terrible season, uh, uh, I think they were four and 12, and then they went out and they drafted Philip Rivers. Now, Breeze came back the next year, he had a pretty good season, so they had to keep him an- another year, then he got hurt, he hurt his shoulder, mm-hmm. uh, in-, in a week 17, I think they're like nine and seven, um, and then boom, it was Philip Rivers from then on out, and of course, Breeze ended up having this Hall of Fame career, so, but, uh, they were looking for something they thought that, you know, Drew can't get us to that level. Here's the guy we just love. Let's make that, you know, take that risk. And, you know, every scenario is different. And I don't want to, you know, compare Drew Brees to to Kirk Cousins. I, I, I think they're not the same player, obviously. Uh, but, you know, does the does the team want to have some risk in this thing where it could end up being a disaster and they win four or five games because they go out and they decide, we're going to try to hit a home run, and sometimes you hit home runs, you you strike out, but other times you connect, and then you got your guy for the next twelve years. And that I, I believe the Vikings are still looking for who that guy is. Oh,
2: I, I totally agree with you on that. Uh, if they've seen the last two years and looked at it through this very you know black and white eyes, they probably saw a guy who reached the best levels of his career and only could get them to ten wins and that's going to be almost impossible to go all the way through the playoffs with a quarterback who's more or less 500 as a starter for his career if you have to go and play in the wild card round and then play in the divisional round and go on the road. It just doesn't happen very often, and it hasn't happened almost at all in the last decade for a team to not have a home playoff game and go win, and that's kind of what you'd be signing yourself up for long term if you sign Cousins to an extension I imagine there's a lot of people at TCO Performance Center saying, we have to draft a quarterback this year. We have to look for what you're saying, that special person we could turn it over to. It's, But to the question that I originally asked about trading him this year, that's where I can't make a whole lot of sense of it, because the Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes route makes way more sense. Draft a quarterback, have him sit for a year, go for it again with Kirk Cousins, and then turn the ball over to that guy That makes more sense to me than trade him right now and then bring in another quarterback. But
4: also, Sage, this is a very weird year. This is not your usual, hey, there's no free agent quarterbacks, right? I mean, super strange year. It's also, you know, I was thinking about this with with just the NFL quarterbacks in general. You have like all these guys who are 35 plus. You know, there's Breeze and yep. and Brady and Rivers and Roethlisberger. Aaron Rodgers is getting up there. There's all these, like, older guys who are sort of in the end of their career. And then we have all these awesome young guys who are in the first four years of their career. And they're like, wow, these guys are the future of the league. Uh, you know, you could throw Carson Wentz in that mix. I don't know, it's a year five maybe or something like that. But, you know, Deshaun Watson and Mahomes and Lamar Jackson it's like there's not a lot in the middle. Yeah. It's like there is yeah. a drought for like eight years where there's a couple of guys, you know, Russell Wilson probably be in that mix, but there wasn't a whole bunch of quarterbacks right now that are sort of in their third, like 30 years old right now who are great players. And that's sort of where Kirk is. He's sort of in that mix of that time and era where there's not a ton of guys with some experience uh, that have played really, really well and, and whatever. So I just am trying to figure out who would be the team that would trade for cousins if somebody would and give up legitimate value for him i think it makes a lot of sense for the vikings to go you know what let's get something for him we don't want to send some sort of future deal it's going to cost us minimum 25 probably closer to 30 million dollars a year uh he's not going to guy that's going to bring us over to the top and we can put the sort of the team on his shoulders and you know the value of those cap dollars are important and and just you know, t- and sort of take a risk and go like we've decided that you know he's good, but we need great, and and uh, and it really does help to have great to get to the Super Bowl has helps have great to win 12 or 13 or 14 games, which is pretty much what you need. It seems to me to be a you know one or two seed, which is a huge help to get to the the, the championship game. So I, I think if someone were to have some interest in trading for him. Uh, that the Vikings should be you know, very interested in, in listening to those offers. I just don't see who uh, and what those offers would yeah, be.
2: If we're getting outrageously reckless in our speculation and going team to team trying to find somebody that would trade draft assets for Kirk Cousins and his contract and presumably sign him to a new contract, though they wouldn't have to. And, and that's where this does kind of become interesting if you're another team that's in a bit of a win-now mode, but you've got a problem at the quarterback. Back situation, trading them to the Bears seems extremely unlikely because it's within your division, and that usually doesn't happen. But the Los Angeles answer is the most interesting because they're opening the new stadium, because they have no quarterback right do you, do you now think outside Cousins of Tara Taylor. A, do
4: you think Cousins is a splash player for them? I, I just don't. I see Drew Brees as a splash player for them, right? right. I, mean, I, yeah. or I see, uh, you know, a big name or at least ex- exciting. Uh, a, a play, you know, some of the guy that comes in, he's like some playmaker, at least he's fun to watch, but people in the seats. Uh How about this one? You you know who comes from the tree? You know, Zach Taylor, the Bengals head coach. If we go really speculation, get out there. How about they trade that first pick of the draft or they get, you know, so Joe Burrow goes somewhere else, but they get Chase Young, uh, who is probably the best player actually in the draft. He's just not a quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's a defensive end from Ohio State. They can still get him. They can trade whatever. Uh, uh, you know, for that first pick, and then they can give up, you know, a fourth rounder, and just have Kirk Cousins, you know, be their guy or something like that. So they sort of have the quarterback, and they get the player they actually want, and they could probably get, you know, two first round picks or something, uh, you know, or, or whatever, just to move back maybe a spot. Right? I mean, I don't know. There's there are just some interesting uh, aspects of this whole thing that uh, you know we'll see how it plays out. It would have to be a, a team that really just has an affinity. For Kirk, and maybe mm-hmm. some history that they more than other people go, you know, this guy, we, we actually think he's been underused, whether it's in Minnesota and Washington, and they think they can get more value out of him.
2: Okay. I've got a couple other ones that are sort of possibilities. Um, how about the Vegas Raiders? Derek Carr does not seem like he's staying with Vegas. John Gruden, the moment he got there, probably decided he wants the quarterback decision to be his decision, and he's kind of tight with. Kirk Cousins, maybe you know his brother and and Kirk didn't get along at the end of Kirk's time in D.C. But he goes and, and works out with John Gruden. I think in the off season or those two get together at different times. You could see that if they decided themselves to trade Derek Carr somewhere. Let's say they trade Derek Carr to Chicago, then they need a quarterback. I mean, the the possibilities are endless. Field Yates tweeted this out not too long ago. The ESPN reporter that the quarterbacks who are scheduled to become free agents in March. Includes like Ryan Tannehill, Jameis Winston, even uh, Dak Prescott. We don't know what they're going to do with Dak Prescott. And there was another rumor started by uh, Michael Irvin that he talked to people that think that Dallas wants Tom Brady. And this thing could get super, super wild. So we might not even realize what teams could be looking for quarterbacks, even the Tennessee Titans. We don't know what their plan would be. If they don't think that Ryan Tannehill is going to repeat what he did last year and they want someone more proven to go forward with, uh, we don't know what the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to do. Gardner Minshew's probably not going to start there. And Nick Foles already got benched last year, so are you going to go back to him? There are so many openings here that I think all possibilities are worth at least
4: having fun discussing. And this is what I love about the NFL offseason is that, I mean, football is done. The XFL is going on. That's another discussion that we're going to get to later in the show. But they, the way they schedule things and the way, like, it almost creates speculation and creates what could happen. I mean, there's all this talk right now. Well, it's nice that right before free agency starts, when a lot of these dominoes will start to fall, or maybe even the week leading up to it, there's also the NFL Combine. And there's right. going to be these quarterbacks out there, and they're going to be throwing, <laughs> yes. and so teams will be have a chance to be up close and personal with these college guys, and go, okay, well, we got this guy we really like, but you know, then there's this guy who's a free agent, and there's this veteran guy, and maybe we could combo the. T- I mean, there's all that that goes into, it, and that's like about a a week from each other. Uh, uh, from when free agency starts and, and all the combine, the throwing, you know, on that Thursday when we're going to be there, which I'm really looking forward to. Yes. So uh, th- this is going to be a super interesting uh, offseason for quarterbacks. I-, I sort of think it's this is the first major story, I guess. There's mm-hmm. going to be other ones. Um, there's a decent chance. Again, I think there's a decent chance that it's not all that exciting. Like Breeze just ends up back with the Saints, and Dak ends up with the Cowboys, and you know, and Brady ends up with the Patriots. Or it could get really interesting. But we we definitely have not had many off seasons like this as far as NFL veteran quarterback free agents.
2: If you are Philip Rivers, who are you telling your agent? to bother the most like what team are you saying to your agent hey why don't you just call them and see what their situation is at quarterback because one year with team blank might be pretty good for me who would that be if you were philip rivers Ooh,
4: that, that's a good question um, well I, I i do know this i mean his family it sounds like they're on florida so that's where i've said this i think it's this last week that tampa just sort of seems to make a lot of sense because of that situation or miami uh, you know, both those teams, you know, looking for a long term or a short or long term answer. Uh, you know, no one knows what Jacksonville is going to do. So, all three Florida football teams uh, would be interested just for, cause I, you know, how Phillip Rivers just is, mm-hmm. right? I mean, does he have? Does he? is he really? Is that more important to him, sort of being close to home, or is it like put me on a on a team that you know gives? Uh, that I could give them a great chance to be successful. Oh, wait, that's the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes. Way out there, and his family's over there. You know, like, I don't, you know, he, he doesn't need the money, obviously. And then mm-hmm. how does he want to have that lifestyle? So there's actually weird aspects to what Rivers' decision is. But as far as like what's best, has the best chance to be successful that, you know, as things are a little bit up the I mean Dallas I think is a great spot to be in. I that's a really good football team. Uh I'm interested to see what the you know the new coaches do there or whatever. But you know that's a that's that's a good team. And I and I think that uh you know that's also obviously a huge market in the Jerry and playing indoors and, and all those things. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I that, what, what are your thoughts on where, if you were Phillip Rivers, where you'd want to end up?
2: If he wants to play again this year, I'm calling my old buddy Frank Reich in Indianapolis and saying, come on, man, let's go. You guys aren't sticking with Jacoby Brissett, are you? Like, And for the Colts, it would make a lot of sense for them even to draft a second round quarterback or something and have, a quarterback like Philip Rivers play for a year, try to win with a team that's really good, that has an excellent offensive line, that could draft some more playmakers, a ton of cap space to sign a receiver to boost up their defense a little bit more, and in a division that's not that
4: impressive, the Jaguars, that, that's the Texans, one of the weaker, the Titans, yeah, yeah, one of the weaker. That's like the nine and seven division, yes, it seems like right, right, right. It's like that's the division that goes out of the playoffs uh, after one, you know, wild one rounder. Or, or whatever it's going to be in, like one team gets in. So that that division, definitely, it always helps when you have like a super weak division. Uh, you know, who wants to play in the NFC West right now? Right. That division's a nightmare. Right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see where he ends up, obviously. I, I think he's a free agent, and he can just sign any time. He uh-huh. does not have to wait until free agency begins, which is, you know, maybe that was just sort of a, a nice thing that the Chargers did, uh you know maybe for philip so he can have a little bit extra time extra you know what three weeks or, or so uh to get ready for this free agency period
2: uh real quick before we hit the break and then we've got XFL uh things to talk about when we come back dom caper's joining the vikings staff as a senior assistant uh do you have a take on dom caper's joining as a senior assistant for the
4: vikings defense no no, me really. either. I, I really mean, don't. Not, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I I love it that these uh, that these coaches who are basically out of work um, can get these like senior assistant consultant you know jobs, give him an office, make a couple hundred thousand dollars or probably more. I have no idea what, but uh, you know, I don't believe he'll have some huge influence on the defense. I think having veteran eyes and a guy who's been there for a long time that's always good. It's always nice to have. Um, you know, people who have been to a lot in, in a lot of big games, and it's not like he has much insight on the Packers, you know, defense from personnel standpoint anymore. So uh, it doesn't mean a lot to me. But, you know, I, it worked out great with Kubiak to have a veteran presence uh, on that defensive staff and a and guy who's been there and seen a lot of things and, and could just add a little bit of value every single day. I think that's great.
2: Yeah. I mean, I look at it as it's becoming extremely common for teams to spend a little extra money. And it goes to my theory that eventually every player will have a coach. But now every coach will also have a coach that will be their senior assistant. So if you're a defensive coordinator, you got to have your defensive senior assistant. So you'll have a coach for every position, every player, and then a coach's coach for every coach.
4: Well, why not? It's a $15 (laughs) billion industry. (laughs) right? Yeah, they've uh... got the money. And if the head coaches have enough sort of pull in the organization to say, hey, hire, you know, a, a buddy of mine or hire another, you know, somebody else to add to the mix. You know, the rules in the NFL are different than in college. In college, I think they can have 11 coaches, and they're even trying to find – they find ways to even have more than that, it seems like, on the staff. But, uh, you know, they, there's no really limit. And when I was with Nick Saban in 2005 in Miami, I think we had 25 coaches on our staff. It was, I mean, we had, I think, three offensive line coaches. We had, like, our main O-line <laughs> coach, and then we had, like, an assistant, uh, you know, a second O-line coach, and then we obviously had, like, the uh, quality control assistant to the O-line coach, right? That That's helped them incredible. both out or something, who was more, wasn't really coaching play per se. They played 16 games. Yeah, <laughs> you know. This is
2: amazing.
4: It's a lot going on. Yeah. A lot going on, you know. So, uh but, but yeah, there's no limit for NFL stabs. And if an owner wants to pay up, uh, it, it really depends on... Um, you know how much pull the, the head coach has.
2: Yeah, so Dom Capers is here, and if he takes a little bit off of the plate of Mike Zimmer on some of these things on the defensive side to free up Zimmer more, or maybe allow him to get to the facility at 415 instead of 345, maybe that ultimately is a, a good thing. So let's take a break. We'll come back. And we will talk about the XFL. We've got XFL Hot Routes prepared for you. It debuted. It did pretty good television numbers. So we will discuss when we return. You're listening to Purple Daily on Score North. Hey, Score North listeners. It's Phil Mackey here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company, which is here to give business owners that peace of mind that you need When you've built a company with your blood, your sweat, your tears, maybe not your blood, but whatever, like you built a company and you want your insurance team to be ready with a game plan that helps you recover, if needed, recover smoothly so you can get on with running your business. Federated has a century of experience in helping business owners. You can find out more about the industries Federated protects at their website, federatedinsurance.com. And remember, Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours.
0: Jonathan here with the score North download. We'll get you back to purple daily in just a moment, but first join score North's Rami Maklob and team KSTP at this year's JDRF one walk to create a world without type one diabetes Saturday, February 22nd, join our team or donate to team KSTP over at scorenorth.com keyword JDRF. If you are just hopping in your car, and you missed the news, the Vikings have added more veteran experience to their coaching staff, this time in new senior defensive assistant Dom Capers, the 69-year-old, spent last season as the senior defensive assistant for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and before that was the Green Bay Packers defensive coordinator from 2009 to 2017. This will be his 33rd season as an NFL coach. That's been your Score North Download. Now back to Purple Daily. Has questions. Blue 58! blue 58! Go! And he wants your answers.
3: Street!
1: Red, red, Poncho!
0: In rapid fire fashion.
1: Run, flex, right, stack. 394 Dragon Smoke.
0: It's Hot Routes on Purple Daily. 580. 397!
2: All right, that it is. It is an XFL hot routes sage rosenfels matthew collar here on purple daily let's get it rolling jonathan the xfl started uh this weekend two decent ratings i saw that the first game got 3.3 3 million people to watch and a lot locally on our station downstairs channel 5 were are watching as well to the xfl's re-debut uh sage did you catch any of the action
4: I can't say I watched an entire game. I believe that I watched maybe between a quarter and a half of maybe three games. And uh, I enjoyed it. It's uh, it's not bad football. It's good football. I like the uniforms. I uh, like the rule changes. I would like it that they're experimenting with different things. I think the NFL will probably steal a few of them. Uh, my biggest complaint... You know you're not going to get eighty thousand people. You know you're not going to get fifty thousand yeah. people. Yeah. So stop yeah. playing in eighty thousand seat stadiums like MetLife Stadium in New York. The soccer there was one game in a soccer stadium. I can't remember DC. DC. I thought it was great, and I've been to my fair share of like MLS soccer games in Colorado. Mm-hmm. I think I guess a football game in Minnesota, Minnesota soccer stadium would be awesome. Yes, of course not in the middle of winter, but more in the summertime. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, because you're going to get you know maybe ten at the most twenty. I think that would be uh, would make it. In soccer stadiums, a lot the of times they have roofs on them, and they just have different angles. And and I think that would be a, another addition that they could do because nobody wants to watch a game that has 10,000 people in an 80, in 80,000-seat 80, stadium.
2: So all the games drew about the same amount, somewhere between seventeen and 18,000, and yet some of them looked like it was a packed house. Some of them looked like nobody was there. So it's a great point. Also... Usually, the way it works for side leagues that are not the NFL is that they have to rent out the stadium. Renting out an NFL stadium is really, really expensive. Renting out a soccer stadium might not be as much. So, I agree with you there. In terms of the longevity of the league, might not be the greatest idea to play in massive stadiums where it looks like nobody is there. But let's so, let's... so
4: one last thing. Uh, as far as the will this league make it, nobody knows any answer. That right is now, my but... last
2: hot routes question. So, do not say too much here. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll wait for Okay, because we have it's five it. hot routes questions all pertaining to the XFL. So we'll get to all of it. Here's my first Cardell Jones and PJ Walker, two guys that saw very little playing time in the NFL when they were on rosters. They both had great games to start off their XFL careers. Who is your favorite quarterback, Sage, of all time, who played in a different league, the USFL, the CFL, and then came to the NFL?
4: Favorite quarterback? Well, of all the ones time. that make uh, that I, you know, Steve Young. Uh, is one you know? I think one of the great quarterbacks of all time. I loved watching him play. He was a great player, and obviously he started his career not in the NFL. Warren Moon mm-hmm. uh, started in Canada, and and uh, and and then the great Doug Flutie, who started the NFL for the Bears, uh, maybe even somewhere before the Bears. I think the Bears, yeah. and then moved his way to Canada and won a whole bunch of great Cups there, and then finishes finished his career in the NFL. Those three guys come to mind. Who's my favorite? I think He was New England first with the uh, Flutie, right? Was it New England no, first, no, and
2: then I'm the Bears, sure. or was
4: it Bears no. and then New England? I don't, oh, I'm not really sure. I do just okay, know that he, he, basically, since he was short, they're like, "Well, this guy's not going to make it." He right. goes, to "Canada, he's amazing. He's just winning, winning, winning." It's like then, you know, obviously people sent him in the NFL. Had it also a great NFL career, but you know, Warren Moon, the numbers he do, he put up in not only the NFL but the CFL mm-hmm. uh, are incredible. So I'm going to go with Warren Moon as my favorite guy who played for both because you know he sort of went to the deal where there's also probably some racism back in like the you know what it was the 80s maybe uh and that you know a black quarterback that's a thrower can't play in the nfl and mm-hmm. he went up to canada improved it and ended up having a hall of fame nfl career as well
2: okay so flutie was actually drafted by the los angeles rams and then he played for chicago first but not a lot got his most starting experience in his first time through the nfl with new england and then came back with buffalo and then San Diego, and then finished with New England. All right, Jonathan,
0: yours, your favorites that played for uh, other leagues first. One of my favorite quarterbacks when I was a kid was Kurt Warner, just because it was the time when I was starting to fully understand and remember football, and that offense... That you still don't was,
4: fully understand football. No, <laughs> go I s- ahead, keep going. still
0: don't fully understand it. You can say that <laughs> <to> <laughs> almost <laughs> anyone, Sage. 98% of the population, you could say that to. Sage come go ahead, go ahead. Eight. But yeah, that that Rams <laughs> offense was super fun to watch, and... He also played for the Iowa Barnstormers and the Amsterdam
4: Admirals of NFL Europe. Well, that's what's cool about him is that he wasn't even like a Canadian football. I mean, yeah. he, arena league, right? No. Which is, which is really league. cool. Yeah. And and he used, to, he used to say, in that offense, that all the little quick throws that they would do in that uh, that uh, Rams offense, it really helped to play in really really small spaces and have to get the ball out quick and have you know bad protection playing in that arena league. I'm going to go
2: with one of the great USFL quarterbacks in the history of the USFL, the long and glorious history, Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly was drafted by the Buffalo Bills, was super sad, had no interest whatsoever in going to Buffalo, and I think he said he actually cried when he was drafted (laughs) by the Bills because he was so upset about it. He went into the facility in Buffalo, was ready to sign the contract and join the Bills, Got a phone call at the stadium from a USFL team. He actually left the meeting with the Bills, agreed to a contract with the USFL, left, played for several years. It helped him jump right into the NFL. Obviously, a Hall of Fame career, one of the great quarterbacks in history. So Jim Kelly is mine. I mean, just the quarterback of my childhood from uh, the the time I started watching football until 1996. Also, Bobby Aber was in the USFL. And Bobby Hebert had a nice little career for himself.
4: So. You know what's really amazing to me is you know we don't even think that like the n f l would could ever have competition like you know whatever the x f l is it's never going to be competing truly competing with the n f l right at one point in time there really was two leagues, and you know one you know the u s f l could have maybe overtaking the NFL. They were signing guys that the NFL wanted and big-name players. There was a lot of money back in it, and the NFL obviously wasn't anything. It was like 3% of whatever it is now Mm -hmm. uh, from a a budget and income standpoint. Um, But, you know, it's it's not that long ago that there was actually this other league that competed with the NFL, and they signed some of the Hall of Fame quarterbacks that played there first. And then went to the NFL after after yep. the whole thing and collapsed.
2: Reggie White played there. Gary Zimmerman, Herschel Walker, and uh, one of my favorite players of all time, Sam Mills, uh, basically got his career because he stood out in the USFL. And that's one of the reasons that I love these leagues that pop up. Is there's always a great story of someone who started in that league and becomes great. It's one of my favorite. And we don't want
4: to get into the conversation of why the USFL failed. That's another show.
2: Yes. uh, Yes. Another show and might need a political station for it, depending on how deep you get into it. All right. Next question. Uh, We finally got to see some of the XFL innovations. Uh, They changed the kickoff rules, the sideline interviews with players during the game, including the guy who swore after he had just gotten in a (laughs) kerfuffle. Uh, Conversations between coaches and quarterbacks on the sideline. Which thing that you saw in terms of the XFL innovations would you steal immediately and put it into the NFL sage?
4: The kickoff rule. I think that to me I liked the best. I think that the kickoff is exciting, but the aspect of it uh, that one, it's just like not returned in the NFL barely anymore. It's you know, only on like I don't know, one out of so many actually get returned in the NFL at this point, and number two, it's extremely dangerous play to have players yep. sprinting down 40 or 50 yards, full head of steam, you're just looking for a terrible collision, and this thing sort of minimizes or sort of eliminates that, but yet there still could be you know, a, a chance to you know, return for a touchdown, it, it's, it's an exciting play, this just makes it safer, to me, this one makes as, as good a sense as anything.
2: I love it, it's almost like a run play, and... My thought was if you stagger the blockers a little, you might have a little more uh, innovation or you can have different blocking schemes depending on where the ball goes. But just as lining up the guys on a sort of line of scrimmage and having them all start from standing still with the referee blowing the whistle... I thought it looked great, and if you give them more time, I bet they'll come up with some different schemes and and how they want to block them, and maybe make it look like a a zone blocking scheme or something with everybody blocking one way. Um, it, it didn't feel like they had it quite figured out or got really creative with it yet, but I could see that happening. How about you, Jonathan?
0: Uh, I'm going to go with stealing the 25 second play clock. It just speeds everything up. It didn't. There was no dead time between. It, there was very little dead time between the play. And it also gives the coaches having the ability to talk to all the players, not just the quarterback. So the wide receivers don't have to huddle up. They can just stay out where they are. And it just gets the plays off a lot quicker than the 40-second play clock.
4: I, I did not like, if you want to go on a negative, I prefer not to hear what the coaches are saying. To In this sense, if the, if the listeners don't know, I think almost all the players have. Um, I think the receivers and the quarterbacks and the backs, the skill positions, they uh, – have uh, um, a speaker in their helmet. Is that is that correct? But maybe not the linemen, because it sounded like yeah. to me like the quarterback was calling out sort of the signals for the offensive line and stuff. And that is nice, but I don't want to hear it. I heard Chuck Long and some of the other guys calling the plays. I think there's sort of a mystery there, which is nice. And then that would also allow the coordinator to maybe you know say some other things. And and there's just something there that like it's sometimes it's better not to see everything and and uh, you know, leave a little something for the imagination. And then if they do. Say something hilarious or great, or it's an awesome call, or it's after a touchdown, and the and and the league likes it. So that the producers in the truck, whatever, like it. Maybe then show the replay, uh, you know, in the audio, uh, you know, before and after that play or something like that. But to me, that makes the most sense. But to to hear all that as the um you know as the uh, the, the play is uh, in between the two plays, I. That I wasn't a big fan of that.
2: So the NFL players and coaches would just never agree to that. The same with the sideline interview with no the way. coach. I mean, the broadcast gets the coach on, and it was Mark Tressman. He's like, Well, you know, that's why we kicked the field goal instead of going for it. And I could just imagine Mike Zimmer. Down by two scores in the fourth <laughs> quarter. So, Mike, uh, why'd you run the ball there? Bleep, you would be the answer. I'm sure he would be way too busy and distracted to do an in-game interview for well, the XFL. Thing- I for the XFL stage, I think I like it. For the NFL, it probably just would not work logistically to have all that audio access.
4: So the NFL is so big on protecting the shield, and they just know like as much open mic stuff is that's not sort of pre-edited or whatever. Mm-hmm, yep, uh, is is risky, and it would it would possibly. Tarnish that shield in some way, but you also look at the XFL. Is uh, it, I believe it's sort of owned by the WWE people, correct? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, Vince McMahon. It's in that yep. world, right? So I mean, they're looking. They're sort of provocateurs, I guess. And they're <laughs> looking for that type of uh, action, and and uh, and you know, it does make it more fun. But again, I think the NFL is a little more traditional. And I, I don't see them. Maybe a little bit more access, but I think they they probably do about as much as they can do already. So my pick would be showing the replay official
2: discussing the call with the referees. That was great. That I like. Listening to Troy Aikman and Joe Buck and whatever former referee try to guess at what they're talking about is not the best television that I've ever seen in my life. Going up to the guy who's actually watching it and listening to him talk about, okay, so here's the steps that are down, the ball is moving, here's what I'm thinking, back to you guys, there's my choice. Then there's no, what were they doing? What were they thinking? And listening to him agonize over it on one of the catches was actually kind of fun, because we all do that anyway. But listening to the attempts to break it down versus the actual guy... Uh, I would far prefer that person be mic'd up so we can know exactly what they were thinking.
4: I like that, too. I I think the guy gets to have his own transparency. I mean, he's getting all the blame or credit for making these sometimes very tough calls. You, You might as well let him explain himself as he does it rather than just sort of some, you know broad explanation by the official on the field I like. If, if I'm the person in that role, uh, and I'm going to make some big call that might decide the game, I'm going to try to explain myself. Like, yes, it's close, but I just can't see it, and it's not overwhelming, and I have to go, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, but I, I really like that aspect of the game as well.
2: Alright, our next question here. Maybe, Jonathan, can go first to give Sage a little more time to think, maybe of some former teammates, possibly. I want you to give me a Viking who the team cut, maybe he was out of training camp, preseason, whatever, who you thought would have been kind of awesome in the NFL, never really got a chance, that you wish they had gotten an opportunity to show their stuff in the XFL?
0: Oh, I mine had a chance. I mean, I, I went through the uh, the cut list of the past couple seasons, and there was a guy in <laughs> 2017, played guard for a little while for a couple teams, now works for us, Alex Boone. Oh, you wanted to see Alex Boone get more chances in the XFL? No, just, that was my joke one when I saw him. like, I have to choose... Alex Boone for this (laughs) because he got cut in 2017. He said cut. Okay, do you have an actual player, or are you really going with Alex Boone? Uh, I think Taylor Heineke. Oh,
2: okay, yeah, he's in the league. Yeah, Yeah.
0: Taylor Heineke's in the league. Give him a shot at quarterback in a uh, semi-professional league like the XFL, see what he can do there. How about you, Sage?
2: Would you have played in the XFL if it was around...
4: Like if you were given the choice in to... my early twenties, yes; in my early thirties, no. Okay, so let's you know, say I think there's there's an injury aspect there of like, listen, I've got a yeah. few coins in the bank here. <laughs> right. What are they? Yeah, yeah, are yeah. they making sixty, seventy thousand dollars? I'm not sure what the. Uh, uh, the, minimum the quarterbacks 55. are making more, but the
2: minimum is something like in the fifties. But if you had been cut by, let's say, Washington, and no one picked you up right away, would you have done it? Would you have kept oh, playing, or would you have oh, said yeah, NFL? thousand
4: percent, you know, twenty. I would have been 24 years old, 23 years old, and and, uh, my body felt good. And, and again, I I think there's a huge aspect to, you know, hoping to prove yourself there. A lot of young guys, you you, you end up on a team, you're the third-string quarterback because you're a fifth or sixth or seventh or undrafted free agent. And you just need that opportunity and a lot of times it doesn't come. You only get so many practice reps, you play some of the preseason and you know, that's like a you know, double edged sword. Yeah, I played well, but you know, everyone says I, I played with fourth quarter guys, but everyone says I also played against fourth quarter guys and so then, you know, I guess I'm not that good and so some guys just Get out of the league, and a team decides to move on, or the coaches move, and well, this guy was drafted in the sixth round by last year's team. We're going to get our guy, and and guys fall through the cracks, and this gives, in particular, quarterbacks, and that's sort of why NFL Europe was there was really for the quarterback development. And I think it gives a lot of young guys who might get cut in the NFL a chance to grow and and uh, maybe prove themselves and and just get better. And, And you know, a lot of college players, a lot of college quarterbacks are in these very different sort of collegiate offenses, and the pro game is is very different uh, in a lot of ways, and, and uh, it might give those guys an actual chance to, to really develop and improve.
2: So did you have a former teammate that did not get another chance to play in the XFL, that maybe was a preseason guy or something like that, that you wish they had another shot to play pro football?
4: Um. There was nobody in particular when you were talking about it. I was like, well, you know, I would have liked to get another shot at the end of my career. I think, and <laughs> and uh, but I just don't know. The numbers would have had to been been right. Um, there's no one in particular. What was the uh, what was the third quarterback the year I got cut in 2012? Uh, he was our third quarterback, and they call him the law firm. What was his name? Uh, McLeod
2: Bethel Thompson.
4: McLeod Bethel Thompson. I would. He had that guy had a cannon. He's in the CFL, like, so he's actually oh, doing okay. He is? Okay. I was going to say, I thought he had some NFL potential. He had a strong arm. Uh, he was a great kid. Uh, he worked really, really hard. And I always was happy that he was sort of hanging around with these various teams. That guy, when you know he got cut from the NFL, he would have been a, a fun NFL or XFL player to watch. He was a guy who was tough, and he'd run. And, and again, you know, of course, he'd had the big arm. And so I think that style of football would have been fun to watch in the XFL.
2: Yeah, I think so, too. And, and actually, Jonathan's pick was my pick. It was uh, Taylor Heineke because he was a guy that had really good athleticism, went to Old Dominion and put up crazy numbers, and he actually is in the XFL as a backup. I'd love to see him get a chance because he did the same sort of thing where he had a couple of preseason games that everyone got excited about, and now they want to see him uh, actually play, but he never really got a chance. That's the thing with this league is it's giving guys a chance to get on an actual field and play I think Cardell Jones Sage had only played 11 games since high school of actual yeah, football. Yeah,
4: no, it's 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 huge for those guys and and it gives them that opportunity again. That's why the NFL Europe was there. This is sort of taking uh you know you know place of that. What, do you guys think Minnesota could get a team? I think Do you think possibly, Vi- do you think 10, 10 or 15,000 people would show up uh for where a game Where are you going to play? Pro- it
2: would be a problem though. I mean, the US play?
4: Bank yeah. I, see, I, I see I do see a relationship where like the Vikings could basically own an XFL team yeah and then they have guys they scouted and and they can sign and it's sort of like their minor league playing at the same stadium. You can actually probably use some of the Vikings facilities that they have and make it a true minor league team. I, I can see that happening in Minnesota. I think there's enough people that for you know 10 or 15 bucks a ticket, to go into U.S. or I don't know how much tickets cost, but to go into U.S. bank steam because they can't afford the hundred or two hundred dollar ticket, yeah, and yep. and they still love football and and they want to go watch a, a Taylor Heineke who used to play for the Vikings, but maybe you know they're looking to develop a little bit. I think that there's there could be value there uh, up in the Twin Cities with with having an XFL team up there.
2: That would be how it would have to work. Would would be the uh, Vikings owned it so they could. Uh... You know, let them play in U.S. Bank Stadium because renting out U.S. Bank Stadium for a handful of games would be really, really expensive I think.
4: Uh, so call, it, me, uh, call me, I'll be the offensive coordinator or quarterbacks <laughs> coach. Uh, the key is I only want to work for like the four month season I don't want to deal with to all the, the rest <laughs> Yeah, give me the senior advisor to the quarterbacks <laughs> coach role it's, it's seasonal, you know, I don't have to uh, grind it out and be working 100 hour weeks uh, during the season. So is it going to work you think, this one? XFL? I'm going to go ahead and say yes. I you know it's it's going to come down to do they make money or not uh, and I think at three million you know people people love football and I think the football is pretty good I think the announce, you know to have guys like McAfee and, and people are looking for something a little different people complain about announcers and things all the time and, and I like some of the rule changes I like the going for one two or three mm-hmm. yeah. on the quote unquote two point conversion you know type stuff it's you can score nine points in the in the possession those are those are sort of game changers that can keep teams in football games.
2: But you still, if you're Mark Trestman, kick the field goal when down 17, even though it's a two-score situation in the XFL, you still right. kick that field goal.
4: because All sorts of things. There, there's, I mean, they, they might change up some more rules and, and keep yeah. things, but I think that's it's a great testing ground for various camera work. Now, the NFL's got so many cameras at this point, but the Sky Cam, that was the XFL from you know, 15, 20 years ago, yeah. too.
0: What do you think, Jonathan? you think it lasts this time? I think... Long term, more than three or four seasons, probably not. I think it's probably two or, two or three season kind of a thing because the quarterback thing is going to be such an issue. You, fans will just want decent enough quarterback play, and I don't know that if guys continue showing up in the XFL that they'll stick around long because the NFL will... S- We'll snap them up quickly, and that'll become an issue over time.
2: I think the entertainment value is a, a tough sell because there aren't great players. I mm-hmm. mean, we, we show up for sports to watch greatness. Yep. You know, no, no matter if it's the Minnesota Lynx and you want to watch Sylvia Fowler be the greatest, listen, but there, aren't, right?
4: there aren't great players playing in most of these preseason games none of the stars play if they do they play a series and that's about it so are you really talking about you know second you know second right. half and of pre-season fans sell games. their
2: tickets for like six bucks
4: yeah right and well but people are paying a ton of money for you know preseason tickets for NFL games as part of their package or whatever so to have something that's again to even just be in a like a US bank stadium uh, to watch uh you know a good football game and it's the middle of winter and there's maybe nothing to do on a Saturday or, or whatever I, I think that uh, it could be a minor league thing, or maybe even have like you know the the four nFC North teams sort of join together and put a team out there that then they all can be sort of you know it can be one of those places to to, to grow players for their futures.
2: you have uh, taken this very far down the road um, and bought three ownership stakes now in the Minnesota xFL team just I'm just a uh, consultant just a consultant i 'm going to say that it does last because of the money man. That the Vince McMahon is worth so much freaking money that this is his dream and he's going to continue to pour cash into it until it works. I don't know if it'll ever balance out the books, but even if he's only losing X number of dollars, he might just be fine with that. The guy's got to be something like 70 years old and this is his dream to bring five, it back. Five, five billion. billion dollars yeah. or
4: something like that. Um, so if he
2: loses 50 or 60 million dollars, oh well. Right? That guy What's knows,
4: that? he knows how to make money. He knows how to entertain people. He understands TV. He understands, uh, you know, big productions, injuries and, and, you know, violence and, and how people love it. So I, I imagine if anyone would be an owner of all these things that happened in the past, I actually think Vince McMahon is one of those people that this is like right up his alley.
2: All right, good stuff, Sage. We will have more reckless speculation about the off season on Wednesday, and also we're going to debut a new segment, and you brought this on yourself. You were tweeting videos of a draft prospect quarterback, so guess what? That means Sage grinding the tape is a new segment that is debuting on Wednesday. So I look forward to that, Sage.
4: I was grinding the tape today, a little Anthony Gordon, of course, who I know, but I was watching some of his college stuff, and, and uh, he threw nine touchdown passes in a game against UCLA <laughs> this year, and they lost. I mean, it was like 65 <laughs> to 62. He did throw like two interceptions or something, but yeah, nine touchdown passes in a loss.
2: That's amazing. All right, Sage, I'll talk to you on Wednesday. Thanks for your time, man. Sounds good. All right. Speaking of quarterbacks, Derek Klassen, whose Twitter is QB Class, get it, Classen. Uh, he studies quarterbacks for Football Outsiders, and he is going to come on next to talk a little Jalen Hurts as well as uh, Philip Rivers is no longer going to be the quarterback of the Chargers. Where will he go? We will continue to discuss when we return. You're listening to Purple Daily on Score North.
0: TCL is a proud
3: sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL America's fastest growing TV brand. <laughs> It's Purple Daily.
1: Hurts the throw. And he swings it out to Lamb. Makes a guy miss and scores touchdown sooners.
2: Alright, welcome back to Purple Daily. My head is absolutely spinning right now. Uh, because Philip Rivers is not coming back to the Chargers. And Rage Against the Machine is coming to Minnesota with the whole band in a reunion tour. What? What year is this? That's hap- happening. What do you mean, what year is this? Rage Against the Machine? Yes, Rage Against the Machine. We need them now more than ever. You don't... I don't disagree. I'm just yeah, okay. confused. As, I'm stunned. In... Like, they haven't been on tour. They haven't been a band in a That's very, why I'm very long confused. time. Yeah, I mean, it must be since, what, 2007 or 2008 or something. Maybe they've gotten together a handful of times, but coming back for a 40 show tour including the Twin Cities Rage Against the Machine uh, I need to find a way to go and for someone to um, go with me who's tougher than I am to just get in mosh pits and fights and stuff <laughs> um, alright now we welcome him to the show I have no idea if he's a Rage Against the Machine fan but he is an excellent analyst of quarterbacks and writer for Football Outsiders Derek Klassen what is up Derek how are you?
3: I'm doing great today. How are you guys?
2: Uh, doing okay. So, is that a no on the Rage Against the Machine? Uh, I mean, I don't mind them, but
3: I will say that that's not my uh, preferred style of music.
2: All right, fine. Well, that's maybe, <laughs> maybe there's a slight generational gap because they disappeared forever for whatever reason. Uh, all right, so we'll move quickly then to quarterbacks. Before we get to... Um, the class for this year quarterback class in the draft. Philip Rivers is not coming back to the Los Angeles Chargers, which means the Vikings are trading Kirk Cousins to the Chargers and they're bringing back Teddy Bridgewater, or at least that's what the ESPN prediction machine says. Uh what does this mean, Derek, for the Chargers and for Philip Rivers, where he might go and what dominoes that might cause to fall?
3: I don't know cuz he he seems like um I think he's like slightly more attractive than Tom Brady at this point. So I, I think he's probably the biggest domino, um, at least as far as a lot of those older quarterbacks go. Um, at least for the charges, it kind of felt like it was time. Like as, as the season kind of closed out and it seemed like they weren't going to make the playoffs, it just kind of seemed like, uh, like this was the end. And even since the beginning of draft season, they've kind of been linked to a number of different quarterbacks or at least the ones that are going to fall to their area. So I don't think it's all that surprising that they moved on from him. And I know I think Benjamin Albright has been uh, reporting this for like months now. So I guess it's not that surprising. It's just still the confirmation of it is a bit rough. But um, I don't know. I think I think he's probably the most interesting piece right now. Because I think early on, we're already getting, yeah, probably some crazy Minnesota, Minnesota fans wanting him there. Or um, I've even seen people suggest him to the Cowboys, which is absolutely insane to me. So... <laughs> Um, And even people saying he's going to go to the Bucs, which I guess in terms of, like, realistic spots for needing a quarterback, that makes sense. But I don't think Rivers and Arians is uh – The combination people think it's
2: going to be. I I feel like no risk it, no biscuit is perfect for both of them. uh, That Rivers loves to risk it and would probably throw just as many interceptions as Jameis Winston did last year if he were playing there. You're you're probably right that Bruce wants somebody who can throw the ball and has some velocity on their passes, which I think Rivers doesn't anymore. It's it's weird with Rivers, Derek, because he was having a, a good season last year by a lot of statistical measures, but they were losing Losing a bunch of close games, and especially when you would watch, it just looked pretty ugly. So I I can't figure out if it would be better for him to just say, hey, I'm a Charger forever. That's my legacy. I'll probably get in the Hall of Fame with that. Or if he wants to do that thing where he goes somewhere else. There was a story way back when that Dan Marino almost came to the Vikings and then just said, you know what, it's probably better if I just am a dolphin for life. So, I mean, is it a good idea, the way he's playing at this point, to come back somewhere? Uh, I would
3: say it's more likely that he doesn't end up doing anything that furthers his legacy from here on out, because like you said, I don't think he was awful last year, but there were cert- certainly some points where it looked uh, less than ideal, and I think in particular his arm strength, um, even when he was fantastic in 2018, his arm strength was kind of falling off towards the end of the season, and so... I think he would really need a lot of things to go right if he went somewhere else. So I think, yeah, I would kind of like to see him just retire because, one, seeing him in another jersey, even though I'm not a Chargers fan, I think would be weird. Um, and also, I just I kind of have a hard time imagining him pulling off some insane like top five season anywhere else.
2: There's something that I both love and hate about an old quarterback just going somewhere else. I mean, with Favre to the Jets was super weird, but by the time he got to the Vikings, it was just straight up awesome. Like this guy's 40 years old. He's left the Packers in the dust, and now he's just out there gunslinging around and and finds this bit of magic that's still there left. And there's, there's something really cool about that. But at the same time, having a legacy with one team, and this goes for Brady too. I, I think there's value in that. And I, I can't see Tom Brady going anywhere else. There's the Dallas rumor. There's, you know, the Bears have been connected to him. The Chargers have been connected to him. It would be too weird for me, Derek, if Tom Brady went somewhere else.
3: I think I agree, because there's not really that many spots where I think... Because cause to me, Brady is only leaving to go somewhere where he, for whatever reason, feels like it's a maybe a better or at least equal opportunity to win a Super Bowl um, compared to New England. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the teams that need quarterbacks, well, the problem is if you need a quarterback, you're probably not in a very good position to get back to the Super Bowl. I guess the best example would be like maybe the 49ers take some really weird swing, but I don't see that happening. Um and then the other one you mentioned, Dallas. I if Dallas doesn't extend Dak, I think they're out of their minds. So <laughs> yes. I, I mean I just have a hard time kinda like kinda like with Rivers. I just have a hard time seeing it getting better anywhere else. Um and I would really I think it would be you know, kind of like you mentioned, really weird to see him in a different uniform.
2: Talking with Derek Klassen, he does the film room and Almanac for Football Outsiders, also contributes to uh, Roto World as well. And I want to get into the draft quarterbacks in just a second, but I'm so mind-blown by all of the possibilities with free agent quarterbacks. And Field Yates tweeted out this long list of quarterbacks who are free agents in a couple of weeks. It's like, there is a lot to get resolved here. What is the one that nobody's Talking about that, we should be. If there's one team's quarterback situation that is just sort of sitting out out there on the edges, that could totally come out and surprise us. Derek, do you have one that could be stunning in a couple of weeks?
3: Uh, I don't know if the Bears would be stunning at this point in terms of you know just straight on moving on from Mitchell Trubisky. I think moving on from him is. I they'll at least give him some competition, but I think it's it's kind of just to see what exactly they do to move on from Mm -hmm. Trubisky. Like, are they just going to try to bring in, I don't know, like a Marcus Mariota kind of like what the Titans did with Tannehill last year, just kind of bring in a decent veteran that maybe can revive himself. Or are they going to take a swing and do something insane, like try to get Tom Brady or trade up into the top five with, you know, the zero picks that they have left. (laughs) Um, I don't know. So I think the Bears are the interesting one. And really just keeping tabs on the Titans and what they're going to do with Tannehill. Because I think, you know, everybody has said this, but they're kind of in a weird spot where Tannehill is, doesn't really have a resume that's good enough to extend him the way that, like, Dallas is going to extend Dak. But it's really hard to find quarterbacks who are competent, even. And I think Tannehill is clearly that. So just seeing exactly what to give him, I think, is going to be interesting. If they can get him on the Jimmy Garoppolo deal, that would be perfect. But. You know, we'll see what kind of leverage he
2: has. I feel like they're going to just franchise tag him and kind of go from there. And if you're a quarterback who gets franchise tagged, you're not super mad about that. I think with like, what, $30 million? Um, I, I think that the sleeping crazy giant here is the Vegas Raiders. John Gruden has to dislike Derek Carr because he was there before John Gruden got there. If Gruden had picked him, he'd probably love him. Um, but. You know, he's the definition of mediocrity. He's going to be the 14th to 20th best quarterback, if not a little worse than that, at any point in the league. He's super conservative, doesn't take a whole lot of risks. It's going to be really tough to win with Derek Carr. And I could see Vegas changing locations and saying, we got to do something big here. We need to do blank. So they're the ones that's sitting in the background that we think, oh, they've got their quarterback, it's Derek Carr. But that could get wild.
3: I think you're right, but I will say I think it absolutely should not be Brady or Rivers. Um, just because they've given Gruden such a long leash with that contract that I don't see why he would, you know, feel the need to rush and win, you know, exactly in 2020 or whatever, or, you know, try to rush for this save my, save my job type of thing. I don't think that's a concern for him. So I think you're right. It could get crazy, but I would lean more towards something like, um, I mean, maybe somehow trying to get Tannehill out of his deal, or I mean, trading up in the draft is probably the most likely.
2: Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of teams that could argue or make better cases for trading up in the draft than there would be for trying to get one of the older guys who is, you know, basically falling off the side of the cliff or has a really good chance of falling off the side of the cliff. Now, with the Vikings, Derek. We're talking about a a team with one of the hardest situations because they know that Kirk Cousins is good. They know they can get to the playoffs with him now. They know he can even win a playoff game and he can put up great stats. But his cost is probably too much for what he's actually worth in talent. So they have to decide do we want to try to trade up? Do we want to draft someone in the second or third round? Do we want to go crazy and try to trade Kirk Cousins and really get this party started in the offseason? What do you think is the direction that the vikings should and will go with Kirk Cousins. I
3: uh, I honestly think they should just stick with him because you know like you said I think he actually played um very very well this year and he actually finally proved he could he could win a big game which a big game which I think is important. Um but quarterback value is weird because it's it doesn't really operate like a sliding scale like most other uh positions do. Like at, say, you know, wide receiver or something, unless you're Sammy Watkins, you're pretty much getting paid, like, to exactly the level of player that you are. Yeah. Whereas quarterback, it's kind of if you cross a threshold, almost everyone is getting paid the same. And I think Kirk at this point pretty comfortably passes the threshold. So um, I think they should keep him, and I think they will. But uh, I'm not in the front office. So, you know, we'll see. It's not <laughs> like this would be the first time somebody's moving on from
0: Kirk.
2: Well, on this station, we love to speculate as much as we possibly can, because that's fun. So let's speculate even further and talk about Jalen Hurts here. The Vikings could sort of soft launch this is the way that I've thought of it, Derek, is so they stick with Kirk for for 2020 and they draft someone in the second or third round and then see what they think of that through OTAs, through training camp, and through next season and then make their decision later, kind of the way that Dallas has run this all the way up to the end with Dak Prescott. And if they feel confident in the guy that they drafted in the second or third round, they could turn it over to him and build up around that. Um, and if they don't feel that confident, they can stick with Kirk Cousins. Jalen Hurts is the guy that comes to mind because I don't think he's going to be a first-round draft pick, but he has some potential. He's exciting. He's got some playmaking ability that we don't see here very often with Kirk Cousins. You watched a ton of film on Jalen Hurts. What was your big-picture takeaway on what type of player he could be in the NFL?
3: Yeah, I think if, if that's the approach that the Vikings are going to take, somewhere in the, in the third round is, I think, probably fine for him. Um, I think especially to the Vikings, it could make sense because if they're looking for a guy who can operate um, out of the pocket, um, at least like on scramble stuff, better than Kirk, um, can also do all of the rollout stuff and can do all of the play-action stuff and then maybe add a little bit of a quarterback run element, um, which if they end up moving on from Kirk might be what they want to go towards. I think Hurts checks all of those boxes. Um, I have some concerns about the way that Hertz sees the field if it's not, you know, play action or if he's having to get beyond his first read on like a, you know, typical drop back stuff. Whereas, I I don't really have so much of a concern like that with Kirk. Um, and I think Hertz's accuracy is a, a good step down from Kirk Cousins's. Granted, um, he has improved his accuracy over his college career. He was atrocious as a freshman. Um, got a little bit better as a sophomore, a little bit better as a junior, even though he didn't play as much at Alabama. Um, and then I think he did fairly well at Oklahoma in terms of ball placement. So I think he could be, I still kind of see him more as like a low-end spot starter, but I think you're right. He, he's kind of proven himself at every turn at this point, And maybe there's a bit of potential there that uh, if you take him in the third round and you know, there's that five percent chance he turns into something great. You can, you know, gamble for that.
2: So, are, are there other guys in this draft that are in that same sort of range? Once we get to the combine, then uh, things become much clearer for me in, in terms of the draft. Um, once you talk to people and you see everybody's, uh, you know, takeaways on how people performed and, and then it becomes clear or clearer who's going to go where. But right now, I feel like the picture's kind of fuzzy with a lot of these quarterbacks. So are there other quarterbacks who are catching your eye as you watch the film and, and get ready for the draft where you say, you know, that guy could be the second or third round steal that we've seen actually work out for a number of NFL teams where they don't have to spend that high pick or don't have to sacrifice all of their future picks to trade up, and they still end up with a franchise quarterback like a Russell Wilson or Dak Prescott and so forth?
0: You
3: know, outside the first round, I think it's tough this year because, you know, at least for this hypothetical, let's assume that Jordan Love is probably a first-rounder, even though I I don't think he should be. Um, And, you know, it's kind of tougher to pin down if Jacob Eason is going to be, but I don't think he should be a first-rounder, and I have a lot of concerns about him being that second or third round steal or whatever. In terms of maybe like a day three guy, I think Anthony Gordon is a little bit interesting to me. I haven't charted his full season yet, but um, I've caught a couple of games, and I think his ball placement is, um, I think it's like pretty good for a guy of, you know, that caliber of prospect, Um, and I think he's proven that he can actually, you know, make some really interesting throws from the pocket just in terms of like, if a pass rusher is kind of forcing him to take one weird step away, he can really quickly reset his platform. And I think being able to reset your platform like that and throw just from odd angles or – Whatever the play calls for, I think is is really important, and I think that could be like a really good cornerstone for his
2: game. Well, you're barking up the same tree as our buddy Sage Rosenfels, who was posting Anthony Gordon tape today on his Twitter, and a couple of throws, exactly like you're you're pointing out, where he had to kind of reset and make a sidearm throw or adjust to getting a little bit pressured and and throw quickly. Um, So I I think that that might be a direction the Vikings go, because even worst-case scenario... Uh, the guy ends up becoming a backup or something. Or if they sign Cousins to another three-year extension, you have three years for that guy to see what you think of them as the backup, and maybe you turn it to them eventually. If I were putting down likely scenarios for a draft, I think that would be uh, probably at the top. Last thing for you, Derek, how much of the XFL did you watch, and did you love it a lot?
3: (laughs) I actually, I didn't necessarily watch all of it intently, but I did at least have all four games on the TV while I was maybe doing some other stuff. But I watched probably two games, uh, um, with, you know, my full attention on them. I thought it was actually pretty good. I kind of compared it to like if, just in terms of entertainment quality, like if you're watching like a mid-level Power 5 game, like I don't know, mm, something yeah. like Arizona State versus Virginia, both those teams were good this year, not great. Um, and they could make for like an interesting, you know, I don't know, 27 to 30 games, something like that. So I think it was uh, definitely good enough football to be interesting. I think the big difference between this and the AAF is like the AAF, at least to me, didn't really feel like it was mimicking real football. And maybe that's just because, I mean, maybe that's just because it folded so early and that's just, you know, kind of be retroactively saying that, but the XFO at least feels like some semblance of real football even if it's you know clearly a tier below the NFL.
2: Yes, yeah, I agree, and I think it's perfect in February to have on his background noise. You know, you take a nap, you wake up, you watch a quarter of the XFL, you go, "Hey, Cardell Jones, what are you doing here? <laughs> Look, you, wow, he could still throw it pretty hard, uh, you know." And then there will be stories that come out of guys who you know, finish up their XFL careers and make training camps and go on from that. And uh, at least while we have it, we can have fun with it. Sometimes I feel like, Derek, that fans get caught up too much in whether it's going to last or not. You're like, well, who cares? What does it make a difference to you whether it's going to last or not? Enjoy it while it's here. That's the way I look at it, man.
3: Agree. I mean, it's not our money on the line. So like, <laughs> right, exactly. Let's let's enjoy it while
2: we can. <laughs> exactly, unless you're one of those people who are gambling on it, which then may God have mercy on your soul. Uh, Derek Classen at QB, K-L-A-S-S, QB Class, get it, uh, on Twitter. He does the film room and almanac for football outsiders and one of my go-to people for quarterback opinions. So, Derek, great stuff. We'll catch up again soon, man.
3: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on again.
2: Yep, for sure. Thanks for coming on. Derek in Football Outsiders. Great stuff from him, as always, breaking down quarterbacks. If you go to his Twitter, he's got film stuff on Jalen Hurts that's really interesting. Uh, He posts a lot of clips and makes observations and then writes articles. I mean, I just scrolled down. He's got a Jake Fromm thread. We've really left Jake Fromm out of the conversation for the most part because he just is boring. I was going to say, hasn't
0: Jake Fromm left Jake Fromm out of the conversation?
2: just not. Interesting, really, at all, Jake Fromm. If we're ranking how interesting each quarterback prospect is, he gets way down the list. He's like a seventh-round pick,
0: based on that criteria
2: alone. On intrigue. he. Anytime, maybe this is rude to say, but anytime the ceiling on a quarterback is Andy Dalton, you're like, well, all right. Okay. Uh, just is there anything else? Swipe left or whatever the uh, <laughs> teens might do on one of those. You're apps. asking the wrong guy. Yeah, I don't know. I've I, never used. No, I've never any of had, those <laughs> Never had another girlfriend or anything other than my wife. So I don't know what Same. those do. But um, I think that's right, though. I think you swipe if you don't like that and uh, that's what you should do with Jake Fromm, I guess. How old are we? (laughs) Quarterbacks, I know, I know, sounding super old, (laughs) and I feel super old. I'm watching this, and Joe Horn's kid is out there, and Ricky Prohl's kid is out there, and the XFL. like, oh, that's really cool. That's Ricky Prohl's kid. Wait. (laughs) I thought he wasn't retired that long ago, right? This happens to me constantly now. I'm at the perfect age where everybody that I watched growing up is old
0: enough to have kids that are adults. You're like, man, that's I saw not I saw the Prole touchdown, on. I'm like, wait, that name yep. is way too unique to be right. just super common. Come on, well, that were, cannot yeah. be that guy's kid.
2: And you were talking about the greatest show on yep. turf Rams, and Ricky Prol was a part of it. So yeah, that is a thing that happens to me all the time. Anyhow, so I don't know where we got to Jake Fromm and Tinder, but um, Jalen Hurts is swipe the other way in terms of interest. Mm-hmm. I am very intrigued by Jalen Hurts, in part because he seems to have uh, the right temperament for it, the right character for it. What he dealt with in Alabama of getting benched in a championship game, watching the other guy go in and you know, lead a couple of touchdown drives and make amazing throws and then take over as the quarterback at Bama and to then you know go somewhere else but stay as a backup quarterback for a year have to come in in what the SEC championship game and win mm-hmm. for Tua and, and be ready to do that and then go somewhere else and be number two in the Heisman, only behind Joe Burrow, who's going to be the number one overall pick. I think that says something about you. I was just watching last night on E60. Well, everyone else was watching who got the best digital director of something, whatever, with the early Oscars. I was watching sure. E60. I only tuned in for Joaquin Phoenix's speech, which went a lot of different places. He was talking about animal rights and then outside zone scheme and then back to loving everyone, and it, it got super weird. But uh, early on, there uh, on E60, the ESPN production, it was an interview with uh, Drew Bledsoe and a, a long feature an interview with him where he talked about getting benched for Tom Brady and how hard that was. But he came into the AFC championship game, I think that year and was ready to play and threw a couple Mm -hmm. of touchdowns. I would have to go back through the game to find out exactly what happened. But the fact that he took a professional approach to be ready sort of said something about him as a professional football player. And I think it's required to be a good quarterback. So if you were going to bring in Jalen Hurts He's already proven to you that he can do the backup thing and be ready and not act entitled or anything else like that. It's, it's one of the concerns that you would have if you drafted a quarterback behind Kirk Cousins is just how that was going to play. With Sean Mannion, what people didn't understand last year during training camp about Sean Mannion is it was never about Sean Mannion's arm or his accuracy or anything like that. It was, can he know the offense? Can he help Kirk Cousins? Can he know his role and, and not be problematic or egotistical or anything like that in the locker room, but just be a support guy? And after Kirk Cousins throws the touchdown in New Orleans, who's the first guy he jumps up on is, is Sean Mannion on the sideline, because that was his guy all year long, helping him out, helping him become a better quarterback. And if they were to draft someone like Anthony Gordon or Jalen Hurts, you have to be sure that they can be like that that they can be somebody who is going to support the starting quarterback, and then down the road, if it's 2021 or if it's 2024, or whatever, they've got to be ready to take over that position. Even from a financial standpoint, though, I love the idea of drafting a third-round or second-round quarterback, a backup that isn't taking up a whole lot of cash. A lot of times, if you want a decent backup quarterback, you got to pay. Like, Teddy made a bunch of money. Brian Hoyer would always make a bunch of money to be a good backup quarterback. Uh, Our buddy Sage Rosenfels made a bunch of money in his career to be a good backup. It's not very easy to find all the time, uh, is a cheap backup who you could trust to win half the games. So if you get a rookie who you believe in, uh, you're in good shape. There's also the you get Mason Rudolph and he stinks and then you miss the playoffs because he's bad and gets himself hit in the head with a helmet. (laughs) Uh, you, right i mean that's the yeah. risk you take if you're if you're doing that i like the idea in theory but sometimes it ends up being Brett Hundley who comes in for Aaron Rodgers and just destroys the season that also can happen too all right uh Jed is going to come in next he's become obsessed with Stefan Diggs's tweets so we're going to tell him to calm down also need to get his take on Philip Rivers the first domino to fall Philip Rivers will not be returning to the Los Angeles Chargers. We'll continue the conversation when we return. Matthew Collar here on Purple Daily.
0: Jonathan here with the Score North download. We'll get you back to Purple Daily in just a moment. But first destination, Winter St. Paul, featuring the Wells Fargo Winter Skate and the Securian Financial Super Slide is open now through February 22nd over at CHS Field in St. Paul. The Wells Fargo Winter Skate opens daily at 11 a.m. And the Securing Financial Super Slide is open Thursday through Sunday. For more information, visit scorenorth.com, keyword winter. And during Mackie and Judd with Rami, coming up at 4, going until 6 p.m., over on the Score North mobile app is Appy Hour. Again, during Mackie and Judd with Rami, just from 4 to 6 p.m., over on the Score North mobile app is Appy Hour. We're giving away... Two winners will win a, pair, win a pair of Minnesota Wild tickets for the game tomorrow night against Las Vegas at 7 p.m. You must have the mobile app, register your app, and enter through listening rewards to win. This is only during today's Mack Judd with Rami from 4 to 6 p.m. So go ahead. If you don't have the app yet, go ahead and download it for to entry for your chance to win a pair of tickets to the Wild game tomorrow night. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Purple Daily. Thank
2: you, Jonathan. Matthew Collar back here on Purple Daily and joining in studio, the reckless speculation master himself, Judd Zolgad. Good to be here. Uh, okay. So let me give you some options, Judd. I gave Sage options to start the show, so I'll give them to you. Do you want to start with the ESPN predicting the 2020 offseason machine? Mm-hmm. Do you want to
1: start with Dom Capers? Do you want to start with the XFL? What do you, what do you want to talk about? Well, I, didn't think that I would come in here and say the XFL, but after the breaking news from Los Angeles today, <laughs> so great. Pepper Johnson last one game for the LA Wildcats for fired our friend defensive coordinator, our friend Winston Moss. Imagine that Winston fires his coordinator after one game. That's amazing. I, I love it. I just love. This it. This is going to be great. I love this, this league.
2: This is, this is what I don't understand. Anybody who is. Stands on the side of, who cares, not the NFL. Like, whoa, Bush League anything, side leagues of anything are always a hysterical mess at, like, best case scenario. They never work, for the most part, unless they become a minor league like the G League, which could happen with the XFL. But you know it's just going to be throwing gasoline in a pot of fire of crazy stuff that's about to happen. And what's so wrong
1: with that? That's so, my question. Right. So get on that flaming roller coaster and ride it to the end. What's so wrong with that? Where you celebrate where Taylor Heineke can, can shotgun white claws with his teammates <laughs> yes, after victories. After not playing. What's wrong with that?
2: I know. Yeah. And, and just so many funny, but also like, Enjoyable moments from the first couple of games. I mean, once the quarterback was not at all ready for the snap, it snaps right by him, goes back 30 yards. He throws it to a guy who drops the ball. That's great. There was a kerfuffle, and the sideline reporter tried to interview an offensive lineman after a fight on the field, and he immediately swore. Like just right me. away. Uh, quarterbacks got benched throughout the games, and then they would interview the quarterback on the sideline after getting benched. Yep. Mark Tressman decides to kick a field goal down seventeen points in the third quarter in the XFL. Like,
1: come on, St. Louis Park's on man. If you don't find this all Mark Tressman, so so I don't if, know what to do with you? If I gave you the choice for for the rest of your life, you could only watch one of these two football events: meaningless ball games. <laughs> or, or upstart or upstart leagues, assuming that there will be more. But you know, AAF, There's a lot of XFL, yeah. Uh, which are you going to choose? So one of them is gone. Upstart leagues mm. is gone, or bowl games. You know of the of the December twenty third nature. Okay, I'll probably end up going bowl games here. So you're choosing the bowl
2: games. Yeah. Okay. Here's the reason why. That The talent level in the XFL is like if you play Madden and every player is a 65 rating. Mm -hmm. Every player is the same talent, unlike the NFL, where you might have somebody who's barely on the roster, and then Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. You have one of the great human beings to ever step under center, and he's throwing to somebody who's not that great, or throwing against someone who's not that great, and you get big plays and really exciting stuff. Uh, things that you could never see anywhere else. And that's why the entertainment level of the XFL will just never be super high. In bowl games, you get the same sort of weird matchups. You might get a team that doesn't care versus a team that desperately wants to win. I'm not talking at all about the Gophers and Auburn. And you see crazy catches and you see NFL-level talents that sometimes it might be. How about, I mean, the guy who got drafted by the Seahawks who has half an arm. I discovered him in a bowl game. Okay, like I had never, heard of, I had never heard of him before. And there's a guy out there with only half an arm, and he's sacking the hell out of the quarterback. What is this? And you end up seeing you know, a lot of times players who get drafted and, and become stars in those bowl games. The XFL, the best hope is that a guy makes the roster. Right. Maybe a quarterback right. randomly gets in and wins a few games somehow in the NFL after being a backup. <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of the best-case scenario there. I think it opens the door for way more big plays in those bowl games and 70-68 to 68 scores. Right. We're just not going to see that in the XFL. All right, fair enough. All right, let's talk about this quarterback thing. We've Last week, I went on a whole rant about how Teddy Bridgewater's not coming to Minnesota again. Please stop talking about it. And then today, we get this thing on this prediction machine taking the biggest eight free agents and then what dominoes would fall all put together by Bill Barnwell of ESPN. And right here it is. Vikings, if this is if Philip Rivers signs with the Colts, Vikings trade Kirk Cousins to the Chargers and sign Teddy Bridgewater. Like, that's his scenario. This is not actually happening if you just turned on your radio. Uh, That's his scenario that could happen. I had entirely dismissed the idea of trading Kirk Cousins this year. But then, you know, the Mookie Betts trade happens for the Red Sox. And you go, well, why did they trade him? because they weren't going to sign him to a massive contract extension. You and I love hockey. What do they do all the time when someone's in the last year of their deal? They trade him away because they know they're not going to sign him to an extension. Is it stupid to talk about trading <laughs> Kirk Cousins? Because up until this day, this moment, when I uh, was shown this by someone, that, that, that this was Bill Barnwell's scenario, like, go look at this, Right. I thought, 0% about trading Kirk Cousins
1: this offseason? Well, first of all, nothing is stupid, because this is sports. I know, I know. And we love to, of course, recklessly speculate. Uh, no, I don't think it's stupid, because if the Vikings do say, Kirk, we're not going to sign you, and then a team comes and says, oh, we'll sign him, we'll trade you X, Y, and Z, I don't think it's like Kirk is, Kirk would say, i ah, Sure, love the Vikings. Really want to see this thing out. I think Kirk would say, Oh, really? Oh, fantastic. So no, I don't I don't think that there's a lot of scenarios involving the two thousand twenty or two thousand nineteen into twenty Vikings, Matthew, that are absolutely stupid. Okay, let's make it work then. Let's make a
2: Kirk Cousins trade work. Okay. This one right here is not insane. Trading him to the Chargers for a second-round pick is the one that Bill Barnwell threw out there. If you're the Chargers, you need a quarterback. You Mm -hmm. don't have one. Phillip Rivers is gone. Mm -hmm. Cousins was in the Pro Bowl. He has a long history of big statistics. They're moving into a new stadium. And a second-round pick back for the Vikings would be a really great haul, considering they're trading someone with a massive contract. The Chargers would then, of course, sign him to a contract extension, which would have to be part of the deal. Could this happen to anyone else? Any other team? I was having a lot of trouble figuring out any other team that you could make this work, except for Kirk,
1: the San Francisco 49ers. I was just going to say yeah. you've got a Kyle yeah. Shanahan is jumping into the middle of this fray, yeah. raising his hand and saying, "That's my guy, that's my quarterback." Okay,
2: I guess it's not that crazy because he does have this obsession with Kirk Cousins. He does. I, there's, listen,
1: the Shanahan dynamic here to me. When when he basically still talks about Kirk, right? And and I, I didn't realize until we brought this up on Purple Daily last week just how not voidable, but just how easy it is to possibly get out of the Garoppolo yeah, snap contract. The yep, exactly. So they because just if you were stuck there, I think the conversation becomes: Jimmy G is the quarterback in San Francisco for like let's say the next four years, but it's not. Would that be the best possible deal that they could get, would be to trade straight up Kirk Cousins for Jimmy G? And is then they, you're not really stuck with Jimmy G for that long if you don't want to be. If you
2: don't be, want him, yep. Um, he is 21-5 as a starter, okay, by I'm, the way.
1: Okay, I'm going to ask you back a very reckless question. If San Diego, a great day. Or, I'm, I'm sorry, if the Los Angeles, not San Diego Chargers, said, whoa, 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 new stadium, we really like Kirk. And Kyle Shanahan said, oh, no, no. Kirk's my guy. A bidding more... Fun. Could you could you get this up to a first-round pick? <laughs> I think from Los Angeles,
2: if they got really desperate, you might be able to. If they can't get Brady, and Rivers is already off the table for them, what, are they going to sign Jameis Winston? No. I mean, people might come out to see how many interceptions he could throw. They're no. not going to sign Marcus Mariota. Are they going to draft possibly one of, the of these Tyrod. guys that possible six or seven right but the teams at the top really need quarterbacks and i don't think the chargers want to rebuild i think they want to win in this new building okay if they're trying to build a fan base they're not going to be able to do it by going four and 12 with justin herbert there's nothing exciting about losing a bunch of games with a rookie quarterback who was the fourth guy drafted or something like that and Miami is just destined for Tua. The reports came out today that Tua's hip is looking really good and it's healing the right way. So knew it. I know, I know. You want a bad report so he could drop to the Vikings, but that's not gonna happen. It's okay. just like with Kyler Murray, where we were talking about well, maybe he's short, maybe he could drop to the Vikings. no, it, it didn't happen. He was just way too good. All right. San Francisco on the table, straight up for Jimmy G. Los Angeles calls and says, we'll give you our first-round pick. Mm It is, I mean, that would be a high first-round pick. And the Vikings could trade their two first-round picks up in the draft, maybe, to draft a quarterback. Yeah. Anybody else making an offer here? Would the Oakland Raiders give you a first and Derek Carr
1: for Cousins? I don't. Or a second and Derek Carr. You know what? I don't see Kirk Cousins surviving with Gruden as his coach. Um, I don't see that. Fit. I don't know. Those two I don't know, know each one. other, though. I don't know that one works necessarily. I don't know though.
2: if anybody can make it work with Gruden. I mean, he did but a pretty wouldn't Jay, job. Wouldn't last Jay?
1: Year. Wouldn't Jay Gruden tell John Kirk's going to? You're, you're going to destroy Kirk within about a month. See, Kyle yeah, it could be Shanahan would work for sure. The Chargers, I think, work for sure. I'm trying to think of best. I think likes him, though. Best Kirk fits. I mean, schematically, you might be right.
2: I'm, I'm looking. i Who got else? All, I, all the NFL teams up here. Give okay. me more. What about, um, what about Carolina? Carolina has yeah. no quarterback. What, yeah. if the, what if they offered you Cam? Cam and a
1: pick. How crazy is that? That's pretty crazy. Yeah, and I can't... The thing with Cam is... Is Cam going to come back relatively healthy or is cam washed because he's been so beat up
2: i mean a year off is a long time to get your body healed we have seen players do this before where they get that year off and come back looking great because their their body is healed um i know it's a weird person to pick out of a hat with this but like richie incognito was off and we thought like oh that guy's washed and crazy and then he was one of the best guards in the nfl this year which mm, well Vikings could have picked him up, but he's too crazy. So uh, I, I do think there's something to it, though, with players who sit out a year and being able to come back and be healthy. That doesn't mean that Cam Newton would be a great choice for Mike Zimmer, right. And Gary Kubiak. But then again, Coops just has this way of getting the most out of people, and
1: Coops is laid back. Yeah, maybe eh, I don't know. Yeah, so, so can can you put trades into this? machine into this scenario or how does it's not a
2: machine where you can put in your own potential trades but if i'm let's say that you are playing the role of george payton right now for the vikings you're the assistant gm and you're you're just you're just calling teams so you've called los angeles and they said okay we'll give you a second round pick You're like, okay, you called San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan jumped through the roof. You told him you wanted to trade him, Kirk. And he offers you Jimmy G straight up one for one, quarterback for quarterback. And then the Raiders call you and say, yeah, we'll give you Derek Carr and a first round pick to, you know, so you've got your quarterback for this year, but you get another pick. You could possibly trade up those. And then Carolina calls and says, we'll give you Cam in a pick. So there's your four offers. Would you take any of
1: those? Mm. The Jimmy G straight up pick might be a good one. Yeah, the the Chargers trade might not be bad. Okay. Here's my final one and this is as Okay, you're, you're presenting as you presenting it to get. you're presenting it to yeah. ownership now. Yep, 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 yep. Here's so I'm George. Here's what so I'm George. I'm <laughs> I am making calls. Rick has given me a list of calls to make. Here's my here's the idea I'm going to take to Rick. Why don't we call the Dolphins? Oh, okay. Why don't we offer them Kirk Cousins? Kirk will waive the no trade. Number 25? Number 25 and Stephon Diggs. Oh. For their number five pick. Oh, okay. That got really juicy. For their number five pick. Because I got this guy. I think he's out east right now. And he's tweeting up a storm. And I don't know what the tweets mean. Or maybe I do. I don't think they mean anything. And they might mean absolutely nothing, but they're juicy and they're fun. But anyway, Stefan Diggs, Kirk Cousins, 25-4-5. But what if someone
2: trades up to two to take Tua? Or what if the Lions take him?
1: Well, then I'm fired.
2: Yeah, I know. Then, then, then we're then stuck I'm, with like Justin probably, Herbert or then something. Then I'm probably fired. Yeah. I'm going to say no on that one because okay. it's too risky. I also don't like the idea of trading Stephon Diggs. I want a quarterback situation where you could still win. You've got a lot of talent on this roster that you could still. I know, be I'm just all about trying to
1: find that that QB for the next.
2: I know eight years when a quarter. This is what's weird is Related a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo goes twenty-one and five to start his career. He plays really well in the Super Bowl overall, really well. Mm-hmm. He starts the game eighteen for twenty-two. They put twenty points on the board. They're up by ten his offensive line gets kind of dominated on a couple of drives and they play it a little bit conservative with some short passes. They get knocked down and it doesn't work out. And then Mahomes does something that is just otherworldly, like all time. Great. Think of if you were Bernie Kosar and John Elway drove 99 yards on you. Like, yeah, screw you. Kosar. Like no one would say that. Yeah, I played well. And you just got, Got by one of the great players, I think, who may have ever played this game in Patrick Mahomes. Sure. And now it, there seems to be a sentiment that Jimmy Garoppolo is all of a sudden
1: not that good. But his head coach is doing nothing to uh, quell that. Yeah. That's the thing yeah. about this. Yeah, and that's that, weird. And that goes back, I, I think, a long time. I think in Kyle's mind, he always had, and it sounds crazy, had his mind or his uh, heart set on Kirk. And then he didn't get Kirk. And so he got Jimmy G, nice player. I think Jimmy G's good, but I think in Kyle's mind, he still thinks, man, if I just had Kirk in my, and in, my, in my system, and he might be totally wrong, but when you got coaches basically pining for a guy like that, who, by the way, we've seen play, and I, I would say that there's probably not too many people at TCO who are pining for Kirk Cousins. They, they like him, I think, but I don't know that they're pining for him. It does create an odd dynamic. Now, how about the
2: Bridgewater part of this? So if you were going to trade Kirk and we're going down that road because they have opened the door for us to recklessly speculate at a new level of recklessness here. If you were going down that road, Vikings fans would lose their minds with joy that Teddy Bridgewater was coming back. And you They're could get the a, only one. you could get a draft pick back and you won't have to pay him as much if you sign him to a three or four year extension. It won't be as much as you'd have to pay Kirk because there's still some questions there. Mm-hmm. It, would that actually be a good idea
1: the head coach would love it oh yes i think the current oc would thrive you know what why not like what's the what's going to be the problem now now look if teddy starts to try and play too much and it turns out that that leg or knee is still not great that could be, that would be the an concern, issue yeah. and a concern but I'm not convinced it wouldn't work. By no means. And and I will always go back to the dynamic that to me is so important that Kirk Lacks and a guy like Teddy has, teammates will follow him anywhere. Yep, They love him. I mean, that, that dynamic to me is so important. And it can't be quantified through statistics or through basically studies. But if you are around a team or cover a team, you could see the gap between... This is our quarterback. We will follow you anywhere. And that guy's our quarterback.
2: Yes. And you've you, seen it. You saw all of the Teddy Bridgewater things when he came back for the Saints this year. You saw the ugly win, which he always has to have those mixed in, where his defense plays really well, but he doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't play particularly well. But yet somehow finds a way to come out with it. He did that a bunch of times in 2015 where the statistics weren't great always, but he would find a way to win. And then you also saw that he was starting to get really comfortable. So his last three games, after starting out a little ugly with Seattle and Dallas, Mm -hmm. his last three games for New Orleans, 3-0, seven touchdowns, one pick, 7.7 yards per attempt, 108.4 108.4 quarterback rating in those three games. It's a tiny sample. They weren't against horrible teams. Uh, Jacksonville is a decent defense. Tampa Bay was a, uh, a halfway decent team. And then Chicago had a good defense, at least, as we saw yes. against the Vikings <laughs> yes, in week we four. Did. and And against that same defense, Bridgewater threw for 281 yards, two touchdowns, and killed the Chicago Bears in that game and having watched that one was the only start that i watched from from top to bottom of his play in those five games he was looking extremely confident he was throwing down the field a bit he was rolling around he was moving and the thing that kirk lacks is that movement ability it's not running it's just playmaking going a little bit off
1: schedule and it's it, it, it's it's a sense of things yeah like that yeah. that's what kirk because the, the confusing thing with kirk is if you design plays for kirk to move, he's really good at it. But if you tell him, Kirk, all hell is going to break loose, he's lost. And Teddy's not, right? That's right. But, yep. but we, well, we saw that when his con- tackles were Matt Khalil and TJ Clemens. It's, con- it's confusing, I think, in some ways, because you do have, you do have times where when Kirk is told, you're going to do this and roll out, he's really damn good. But then he can stand in the pocket. It's like, Kirk, move, move, just move. Yeah, and yeah. and it's not, It don't run, just glide. And he doesn't have that. Yep. Teddy did. The ability to extend
2: some plays and even just find enough to keep you in a game happened a lot. And if you think about the San Francisco game, Patrick Mahomes played really badly for three quarters and then turned it on in the fourth quarter. And I would not suggest that Teddy Bridgewater has that same level of talent because nobody does. But the ability to keep you in a game and find that one drive where you just grind it out and put yourself in position to win, you know, that divisional playoff game against the, the Seahawks, or was it a wild card game? Wildcard game against the Seahawks yeah. is kind of an example of yes. that. It's horrible weather. Everyone's freezing. Ugly neither, game. neither offense can move. Adrian Peterson is letting you down. He's fumbling. And you mm-hmm. get the ball with a chance. And you go put yourself in position to win. And so many times with Cousins, we haven't seen that, even though we've seen huge numbers put up against bad teams. Mm-hmm. And and I think a lot of Vikings fans look at Teddy as sort of the standard for what they want next. Whether it's him or not, who knows? And there's a lot of risk that comes along with that. That knee could fall apart tomorrow. It was never even supposed to get this far. But when they look at someone like, Herbert, who's a more athletic quarterback, or Jalen Hurts, who's a more athletic quarterback, and they see the type of defensive lines that just blow away even good offensive lines in in big games and in the playoffs. You feel like you need somebody to be able to yes. move around to be able to overcome. And yeah, exactly. There even and what Tom Brady did over the last decade sort of twisted the way that we looked at that a little bit with pocket quarterbacks because he was just the exception to every rule. And and he could step up and he could move around the pocket if he needed to. There's great examples of that. But just getting rid of the ball super quick, knowing what the defense is going to do before they do it, Yep, Like that's stuff that Cousins does not have because, again, almost nobody ever has it. So how can you meet that? Right spot where, yeah, you probably won't get an all-time great quarterback because the odds are against you, but someone who gives you a little bit better chance. I even argue that Jimmy G gives you a better chance because of how quick he throws the ball. He drops back, and the minute he hits the back
1: foot, it's gone. All right, I'll give you a simple question here. Can you find me a quarterback who can extend plays without me designing the extension of the play? Hmm. Because Kirk Cousins can't do that. Yeah, and I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo really is that guy either. And, and. Mahomes is over here. I mean I'm not talking about you, as you said and you're right, you can't find that guy, but can you find me a guy who can glide around as if he's on ice skates in the pocket and extend plays just to give me a chance and and so he doesn't get um, stripped as well? Because that's the other problem. Yeah, The other problem is because they have told Kirk now, it's crystal clear. They finally told Kirk, if you sense pressure, eat the football. But the problem with that is, while it's better than a fumble, you are then on that down, eating the down. Yeah, sacks have been a huge problem. Uh, his sack rate this year
2: was just as high as it was last year. He just threw the ball less. And it's always been high. That because he can't escape, he often just gets sacked a lot. And those kill drives when you get sacked. And yeah. we saw that in San Francisco. You so, lose what? Six yards? You know, there, there, seven yards? There wasn't that risk taking sort of thought. Well,. Th- I guess to to wrap here, uh, because Mackie, Judd, Rami are coming up next. This is fun, though. I guess I think that everything's on the table this year, with being the most unique situation with quarterbacks I have ever seen. Everything should be on the tape. Reckless speculation, it's the rule for this offseason. It is beyond reckless at this point. Whatever that is beyond reckless. (laughs) Mackie and Judd with Rami coming up next. Go XFL. We will talk to you tomorrow and be even more reckless. Oh, and Gary's getting announced tomorrow. You will hear from Gary tomorrow here on Purple Daily.
0: Whether it's Fred Meyer, Simple Truth Turkey, or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Fred Meyer has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Fred Meyer,
1: fresh for everyone.